You are listening to the 27th episode of Talk and Rock with GMH. Let's talk and rock. It's Talk and Rock with GMH. Welcome to the podcast where we talk rock. I'm your host, GMH, and thank you so much for tuning in uh, to this week's edition of Talk and Rock with GMH, episode 27. Uh, so yeah, I've been doing some... I've been doing a lot of podcast interviews lately, and I've got some really exciting and cool ones planned um, for you guys. Um, So before we jump into the interview, which is coming up soon, um, it's time for the song of the week. Um, So this week's song of the week, once again, is brought to you by All Canadian Renovations for all your home renovation needs in the Winnipeg area. You can contact them at 204-779-6900 or visit them at www.acrltd.ca. All Canadian Renovations, come home to quality. I've got to say, I've got a chance to listen to a a whole variety of music this week, Um, whether that be, you know, a, a mixture of so many different genres, so many different artists uh, with different vocal styles, all that sort of stuff. Um, but this week I was listening to um, some Matthew Good Band, and I've got to say that um, I'm not just saying that because it's probably one of their more popular songs, or if they're maybe their most popular song, um, but Hello Time Bomb by Matthew Good Band. Um, it's, it's a really cool song and the way it was recorded, uh, with, with little like side effects going on in the background, all that sort of stuff. It it all together sounds really cool. Um, it, it, it's very, you know, it's got like a simple drum part, uh, guitar part mixed with, uh, Matthew Good's amazing vocals. Um, and it ends up being the perfect combination and a really neat song. Um, so if you haven't listened, um, to any of Matthew Good, he, he actually puts out, has been putting out solo records, um, since 2003. Um, and he also, but he, he, he also, uh, was in the Matthew Good band and they also had some really cool music. So highly recommend you go listen to that. And thank you once again to all Canadian Renovations for sponsoring uh, this week's song of the week. I gotta say, on top of listening to um, Matthew Good, I've also been listening to a bunch of the Hip. Um, I know I talk about them a lot, but they've got they've got a lot of great music. I just uh, I just made a playlist that you guys can actually access. Um, it's on Spotify. It's called My Favorite Hip Songs. Um, I'll try and get it up on my Instagram um, for you guys to access it easier. But on Spotify, if you just look up my favorite hip songs, it should pop up. It would say that it's made by GMH. Um, Basically, I just put my personal favorite hip songs. um, So it may may not have, you know, your your preferred songs. Um, A lot lot of them are generally some of their more popular stuff. I also put some stuff off... uh, their very, very first uh, record, um, their, their very first record, uh, the songs, 
Killing Time, Small Town, Bring Down, Last American Exit. Those are all super cool off that record. Um, I also put Phantom Power is personally my favorite, my favorite hip album. Um, they've got a lot of, it has a lot of very interesting songs and I don't know how to say this, but there's sort of like an ongoing theme. Um, not with lyrics and stuff like that, but the sound that they produce um, with with the record and the songs on that um, album. So I, I just sat down, um, or no, I didn't sit down, but I got a chance to listen to most of the record a little while ago and... It's um yeah it's it's probably my favorite one, so if if you haven't go check out that playlist that I have and I also this one I've had since the start I don't think it has any followers on it but um it's my car ride playlist I'll also put that up um so essentially that literally has like a few songs from artists I love literally anyone. Well, specifically, specifically rock, some heavier songs in there. Um, you can access it by, if, if you go to, uh, you can access it by going, by looking up the artist or the user profile, GMH, or um, you, you could look up Car Ride Playlist, it might come up, um, but I'll also put that on uh, Instagram. Um, but yeah, and one more thing. Uh, I have a 90s alternative rock, um, one that's probably my f- a, a combination of my favorite ones. It's called 90s alt rock. Um, like I've got Biff Naked, Moist, Zucker Baby, Our Lady Peace, Connelline Crush, Big Wreck, Pearl Jam, The Watchmen, a little bit of Green Day. There's some of their older stuff, uh, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, so I really appreciate if you guys could go hit up those playlists and, uh, yeah. And make sure to let me know on my Instagram, um, at talk and rock pod, what you guys, have, what you guys have been listening to. Cause I'll make sure to go check that out and maybe it'll be featured on the next song of the week. Um, so yeah, awesome. We have an interview coming up next with the Winnipeg singer songwriter, Jacob Berdowski. Uh, we discuss the starting, the the recording um, of his new record that he plans to release. We talk about former projects he's been in. Uh, we we just talk about altogether his musical journey, um, his love for music, how he got started, all the all the usual. Um, coming up next on Talk and Rock with GMH. I was always like when I was a kid, I was always like putting on shows in my basement set before I started playing guitar. So I always knew that I wanted when attention. I so Hey guys, so today our special guest on the podcast is musician Jacob Berdowski. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, so first off, how long have you been playing music for? I playing guitar when I was six years old, so uh, 22 years. And uh, who are some of your biggest uh, inspirations as a musician? Um, starting out, I was really into, uh, I guess I've always been into, you know, uh, sort of singer-songwriters, um, 
folk Americana. So, uh, you know, Neil Young um, was sort of the, the big one for me, like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Joni Mitchell, uh, that kind of scene out of the 60s. Uh, and then more recently, uh, I've, I've listened right now, I'm listening to a lot of uh, Charlotte Cornfield and um, Ethan Greska and Blake Mills. Um, Leith Ross, who just put a new record yesterday. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so did singing um, did singing sort of come along with it or did it take a while to? Yeah, I, I think I kind of started playing guitar as in a, because I wanted to be able to accompany myself while singing. I was always, like, when I was a kid, I was always, like, putting on shows in my basement and stuff before I started playing guitar. So I always knew that I wanted attention. So it was just sort of how best to... Yeah. Um, people pay attention to me. Um, what are some of uh, the most memorable experiences that you've had as a musician? Um, hmm, great question. You know, I've been really lucky uh, in my career. I've got to do some cool... I got to... Uh, I worked at the BAMP Center for three weeks. I was doing a, I did a singer-songwriter residency there. Um, and that was really cool. I got to work with a lot of amazing songwriters from across uh, Canada and the world. I meet some really cool people. Uh, I also got to, I've, I've been uh, toured in Europe. Uh, that was a pretty wild experience. Uh, I mean, touring in general is always sort of something new. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so what is your songwriting process generally like? Um, that's a good question. I haven't written a song in a long time. Uh, gotta remember. Lately, what I've been doing is, is now I'll sort of like, before I would just sort of jot random things into a notebook and then sort of revisit it later and, and maybe sort of put it into a song. And now I'm, I'm a little bit more picky. So I'll usually jot down an idea for a song in my phone, like in my notes app. So it'll be like, you know, a song about blank and then when I find time to actually write a song, I'll go back to that notes app and be like, oh, I have all these ideas for what to write about. And I'll sort of start from there. And then that would kick off a uh, six months to two year long process of uh, rewriting it and hating it and yeah. never writing a song again and then finding it again. Right. Okay. So you put out your uh, first solo EP last year after uh, after leaving the band uh, Kakagi. So could you talk to us a little bit about that EP? Yeah, sure. It was basically um, Kikagi. When there were sort of some leftover Kikagi that, songs that I'd written for uh, the Kikagi project, and then sort of when we disbanded, I, re- I sort of decided I should still kind of put them out. Um, so I kept uh, the drums and bass tracks that Max and Corbo had put down already, with their obviously with their blessing, um, and then uh, added some guitars and, and switched some things up a bit, and uh, and then yeah, put it out under my own name which is kind of, uh, was kind of scary at the time, but yeah, sort of the direction I'm going in now. So. And was it um, a big change for you being the first time, you know, putting out music under your own name? Yeah, it sort of shifts the dynamic of the whole, the whole thing, sort of, sort of, you know, when you're putting together a show, it's not, you know, you, you kind of, you can choose whoever you want to play with you, uh, which I found really sort of liberating and cool to be able to, um, you know, reach out to some buddies that, play in town that you know i've always we've always jammed together and stuff but never played sort of uh you know professionally mm-hmm. together so to get them on the gig uh so yeah so for my cd release i, I hired uh my friend cody wasiak plays with begonia 
and uh, Liam Duncan, who plays with the Bros Landreth, and Dylan uh, McDonald, who's got his own project called Field Guide. Um, you know, it was really fun. It's fun. I, I really like, with the solo project, I like being able to sort of put together a different band, right. like, different shows, and sort of involve different people, which is fun. Great. Uh, yeah, for sure. And um, sort of, if you don't mind me asking, how did Kikegi sort of break up? Um, no, I don't mind. Uh, you know, bands are an incredible uh, commitment. Um, and, you know, we were sort of getting to the point where we were sort of on the cusp of the next sort of level of commitment, where it sort of it goes from, you know, this is our the thing we do on weekends and evenings to like, you know, maybe let's make this, try and make this our job. Um, so we were kind of staring down, you know, we had made plans for a pretty busy year. We were going to go to Montreal to record with sort of big producer and, you know, we had about 40 or 50 dates in the pipe of touring and, uh, and it just came a conversation of, you know, are we all on the same page commitment wise? And, uh, and when we realized we weren't, then it, we figured it made the most sense, made sense to just kind of call it a day before we jump into a van together for two years and start, uh, hating each other, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot easier for me to commit myself to the band or the project because they're my songs. Right. Um, and I'm, the, and I'm the one singing them. So for the other guys, it's sort of like, they got to, you know, really want it just as badly as, as I did. And when they said they didn't, then we were like, okay, that's cool. Let's just, you know, not force each other to do things we don't want to be doing. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any advice for beginner uh, musicians? Yeah, I would say play as much as you can and play in bands as much as you can. For me, I've certainly learned the most about playing, about being a musician by playing with other people and specifically by playing with other people that are much better than me. Um, I found, I've all, I always had a hard time sort of motivating myself to practice, uh, except for when I have a gig or like when I'm, you know, have a, 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 pra a rehearsal with a bunch of guys that, or girls that uh, are way better than me that I don't want to mess up in front of. So yeah, use public shaming as a good uh, motivator. Yeah. Um, a lot of groups this year have been using um, social media to their advantage to be advertising, you know, their new music because they can't go on tour and stuff like that. Is there um, a release by an artist that you listen to um, that stands out specifically from this year? Hmm. Great question. Uh, I mentioned before, my friend Dylan, uh, his project's called Field Guide. Um, he's been putting out some great records this year. Uh, he's really started taking the the pandemic and the shutdown and used it as, as an advantage and just recorded and, and released a ton of great music. Um, uh, I think my favorite record to come out this year is, is probably a record by a guy from LA named Christian Lee Hudson. He um, worked with, uh, his record's called Northsiders and it was produced by Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst is on it. And it's just a, probably the best songwriting and guitar playing, best acoustic guitar playing I've heard in a very long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely find like a lot, definitely a lot of artists have been releasing music and um, I guess some of my favorites this year so far have been, um, some, some people have had mixed opinions with this record, but um, I really like, uh, I really like uh, Machine Gun Kelly's new record um, because he was able to sort of change up his sound and sort of mix a punk rock sound with a little bit of a, um, a modern, um, a, a modern sound that we hear. And, uh, 
they're uh, releasing old Gord Downey tracks that he oh, recorded nice. a while ago, and um, some of so, some of them um, aren't aren't the best because you know they just had to work with what was already recorded. Um, but a few of the songs on there are um, super cool, so that was sort of nice to hear. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, do you have any plans moving forward? Um, specifically right now with your music or not really uh yeah no i'm i'm uh, i would say optimistically i would say i'm 70 percent done a full-length album uh so i've been working on it for the better part of the last probably two and a half years um started with about 25 songs and now we're down to 10 uh and we just finished tracking drums for the last one yesterday actually or a couple days what day is it today? saturday two days ago thursday and uh Slowly chipping away at it. I also, I, I, I have a new job, so I'm working more than I was. And so that's taking some time away from music, which is totally cool. Um, but yeah, just kind of, you know, I'm not rushing anything. And uh, when it's ready, it'll be ready. And Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, and where can people find uh, your music that's currently out and all your social media and that stuff? Uh, well, just Google my name, Jacob Brodovsky. There aren't a lot of us, so it'll all come up as me. Uh, Brodovsky, B-R-O-D-O-V-S-K-Y. Uh, I'm on Spotify and Apple Music. and band, uh, The best place to listen is Bandcamp, but if you if you use streaming services, you can do that too. Uh, my website is jacobbrodovsky.com. Yeah. Um, okay, so for this next question, um, whenever I ask it, I always get different answers because... Uh, well, whether I'm interviewing like a full-time um, touring musician who's been touring for a number of years or, you know, like very, very small Winnipeg uh, musicians, um, what, is, um, what is your favorite venue that you've played um, in the past, whether it being in Winnipeg or outside of Winnipeg? Good question. Okay, well... This is kind of a cop. So the best venue I've ever played uh, is a, uh, a castle in, it's called Cannewolf Castle in uh, central Germany. Uh, and it's, we, we were at this gig in a town called Halle that uh, it was like a Tuesday night, no one showed up. Um, but the venue had this really nice elderly man cooking us dinner, which was lovely. Uh, and then after the gig we were talking and he's like oh you should you know what's your what's your day like tomorrow and we're like oh we actually have the day off we're trying to find a place to stay and you know we're touring europe super expensive so usually when you play the the venue will put you up for the night but if we have if you have a day off you have to try and find your own accommodations and we were trying to avoid paying for a hotel room and he goes oh you should just come to my castle i have a castle like an hour away and we're like what and then so we were like oh you know whatever is strange man invites you to his castle you know you kind of roll the dice but uh we uh we didn't really have, have any a better idea so we went and uh yeah it was just a legitimate castle uh that he like owns with his friends and he had a bunch of people over and we played for them and they had dinner made us dinner and stuff i think in general for in my experience especially for the music that i play the best venues are always the ones where uh the audience is super intimate and you can sort of interact with them Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people play di- uh, music for different reasons, for uh, personal enjoyment or to share it with other people. Um, what is your favorite part about playing music in general? Uh, playing, playing with other people. Having, 
having other people, especially for songs that I've written, having other people sort of take take some something that came out of my brain and put their own brain onto it and, and sort of elevate it is always really exciting for me. Um, and just, you know, playing live. I've had the privilege of a few times having uh, an audience sing back lyrics to me that I wrote. That's our, uh, the closest closest I've come to like euphoria. It's just, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool feeling. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I don't know, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, when you play uh, live in the future, because obviously there's not a whole lot of playing um, live right now, but when you start playing live again uh, in the future, do you see yourself um, sticking with a specific backing band or are you always going to try to, you know, change it up or um, you like allow for different changes to um, change up your sound or change up what you're doing? It's a great question. Um, I don't know yet, but I think the, basically what I like to do is sort of let the gig dictate the band. So if, if the gig is, uh, you know, has got a decent guarantee and we can all make a little bit of money, then, you know, I'll hire five or six or seven other players and, and really flesh out the songs and have, you know, backup singers, uh, pedal steel. And, and, you know, and if it's just sort of like a bar gig or whatever, then maybe show up with a trio or a four piece. Um, I have a live band now that I've been rehearsing with for a better part of the last couple of years. Um, it's different than the band that I'm making the record with. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. But I sort of, when I think about like the record release show, when this is all over, I, I, I see it sort of having two or three different iterations of a band that would sort of transition through. Uh, yeah. Maybe. yeah, of course. Um, awesome. So, uh, before we wrap up the interview, is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. Uh, Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Jacob, for coming on the podcast. Thank you once again to All Canadian Renovations. And, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in um, to the podcast. I'll see you guys next time on Talk and Rock with GMH. Let's talk and rock. It's Talk and Rock with GMH.